Our central text today comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I want you to imagine over here you have this huge forest fire, okay? And over here you have this vast ocean of water. You got that? And here I stand in the middle with this little squirt gun, and I fill it up over here and squirt it on fire. Got that? That's how I feel this morning as I'm preaching on prayer. And especially on the Lord's Prayer. So over here, you have these these massive forest fire problems, struggles, issues, prayer requests. And over here, you have this boundless, inexhaustible, unlimited resources of heaven. And here I stand in between with my squirt gun abilities... And I am supposed to teach you how to dispense those resources to those needs. How's that going to work? That's quite the task. But yet somehow, the Holy Spirit turns this little squirt gun into a flood. And he does what... I could never do myself, for sure. And as we look at this spiritual practice of prayer also, the, uh, the team kind of got together and talked about how we were going to do the workshop and some of the other things, and I think we felt that same sense of, of overwhelming when we're talking about how to handle the topic of prayer. Well, let's, let's do that. Let's pray, and um, this is our... Second week in the new series on the Lord's Prayer, and let's look to him. Lord, we, oh, we do have a certain confidence in what we're about to do because your word encourages us to preach the word, and your word calls us to receive the preaching with faith, and your word's have told us that your word is engrafted, the engrafted word is able to save our souls, and you have told us that your word is truth and that it sanctifies us, so we look to you to accomplish all these things this morning, 
and also teach us how to pray. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now before we get to the Lord's Prayer, I want you to think about what the disciples said to Jesus in Luke 11, and, and we read this verse, Chad, Chad had, had us read this verse last week. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. What? Didn't the disciples know how to pray? Of course they knew how to pray. I mean, they were Jews. They prayed their, their whole life. I mean, probably every day they prayed the Shema three times a day. Hear, O Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. They prayed the Tefillah, 18 benedictions of prayer. So why did the disciples need to learn to pray? Uh, I'm going to give you three reasons on why I think they needed to learn to pray. This is not part of the outline, okay? So this is like bonus, so, so I get extra time for this, because is it okay? So here's, here's three reasons, three reasons why disciples needed to learn to pray. Number one, to pray like Jesus. Now they had heard, these disciples, they had heard Jesus pray, just like they did. He, he prayed three times a day. He prayed in Hebrew. They heard that. They heard him pray the tefillah. But... In addition to that, Jesus oftentimes went away and prayed, and sometimes he went away and prayed all night. Not in Hebrew, but in Aramaic, common language of the people. So when he went away and prayed that way, what was he saying? What was he saying? Because if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, then we need to pray like he prays. And, And so do we. So the second reason why the disciples needed to pray, learn to pray, is because praying is different now. Jesus had brought in the kingdom. Now, before, like in the Old Testament and before Jesus came, prayer had been somewhat anticipatory, provisional, looking forward toward salvation and toward the kingdom. But now, now it's come. The Savior has arrived. The kingdom is here. So Jesus, how do we pray now? Is our praying any different now? You bet it is. You bet it is. Jesus is giving his disciples a prayer And even though Jesus is giving this prayer and he's still alive and walking around, he is giving them this prayer as if he had already been crucified, buried, risen, and sitting on the throne. Salvation is complete. The kingdom has come. And that revolutionizes prayer. Kingdom praying. Now, the third reason... The disciples needed to learn to pray. And this is the one that we kind of want to focus on this morning because this one comes from our Matthew text that that Danielle just read. They needed to learn to pray because they didn't pray right. And neither do we. 
We don't oftentimes pray the right way. We don't pray with the right heart. We don't pray with the right attitude. We don't pray with the right frame of mind. We don't pray with the right motivation. And Jesus knows our struggles and says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Last week, Chaz started this series with the address to the prayer, which was our Father. And today we look at the first request, which is hallowed be your name. Now that's not the easiest language. So let's find out what this means and find out why Jesus wants uh, wants us to pray with these words. So here's our outline. It's also in your bulletin. This is pretty hard. Point number one, may your name, point number two, be hallowed. Got that? That doesn't mean it's going to be a short sermon, okay? May your name be hallowed. Now, notice from verse 9 that I reversed the order of the words uh, as we normally recite it. And that's because we speak in English and normally our normal speech speech is the subject is first and followed by the verb, and so that's how we're going to handle it. May your name be hallowed. So, point number one, may your name. Now, one of the reasons that Jesus is teaching us how to pray is because we have a name problem. We have a name problem. In the previous verses, Verse uh, 5 in particular, Jesus warns, don't pray like this. Don't pray like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogue at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Wow, what a prayer. Then again in verse Seven, don't pray like this. Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So in the first case, they were praying so that people would be impressed with them. In the second case, they were praying so that God would be impressed with them. But in both cases, the one who was praying was concerned about themselves. They were concerned about looking good. Are you impressed with my prayer? Both were concerned about their own name. Now, it's not exactly the same for us, but it isn't really foreign to us. I mean, you have to admit that in our praying... It is easy for us, even as Christians, even sitting in church, even with all our religion and all of that, it's easy to be focused on me and my needs and my cause and my name. My name. You know, we we talk about the term brand. We're talking about branding. Those of you in business in particular, are you familiar with branding? Branding of the product, okay? Uh, 
in a previous life, that was the world that I lived in for, for a number of years. Um, I was a brand manager. They used to call them marketers, but then they changed it to brand managers. And, and I was in brand communications. And you were responsible for taking the product and trying to help the, the, to develop the brand and what's the quality of that product and what do you want people to know, that, what, what do you want people to know about in that product. And, and another thing that we would do is we would, we would help companies brand their products so that the product had like the right image. Well, then around the 2000s, I mean, that was really big in the, in the 90s. But then in, in, in like the, around 2000, we, they took the branding from products and all of a sudden it became personal branding, right? You need to think about your personal brand. You need to figure out who you are and how you want to be known And you need to find and promote your best you. What do you want people to think about you? Your brand. Your name. Now that's branding. But oftentimes now we use the language of our authentic self. You've heard that terminology, right? Our authentic self. And Brian Rosner has written a little different spin on the Lord's Prayer, which is the prayer of the authentic self. So he doesn't begin with our Father, but he begins with my essence within. Help me to find my true self. My kingdom come, my will be done from birth to seventh heaven. Give me today my daily spread. Forgive not my enemies as I cancel those who sin against me. Lead me not into self-doubt, but deliver me from all external authorities. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are mine now and forever. Okay? Now, maybe we're not there exactly, at least not that blatantly, Um, but we are subtly influenced by the world that we live in. I mean, that's a lot of what we hear in our world. We live in a world in which we put ourselves first, in in which we pamper ourselves, in which we are tempted to build our own name, and that creeps into our prayers, even hallowing our name. And Jesus knows that. And he says, let me teach you how to pray. Pray like this. Hallowed be your name. Now, our sermon title is, When You Pray, Pray to God. When you pray, pray to God. When you pray, start with his name. That's what we need to do. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with 
his glory. For his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. That you may fear his glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Start with his name. When you start with his name, it brings perspective to your prayers. His name reorients our prayers and our prayers then reorient our life. Let me, let me repeat that. Start with his name because that brings perspective to your prayers. His name reorients our prayers and our prayers reorient our life. So point number one, may your name, point number two, be hallowed. Be hallowed. I'm just curious, has anyone used the word hallowed this week in your casual conversation? No? That's not one of your top words? Okay. Sometimes we use the word hallowed, not very often, but like in the sense of, you know, the the hallowed halls of Congress, or something like that. Or we might use it when we're talking about All Hallows' Eve, right? We talk about All Hallows' Eve. You know about that. All Hallows' Eve is the night before All Hallows' Day. You still not getting it? Okay. All Hallows' Day is All Saints' Day. Okay. And the day before... All Saints Day is what? All Halloween. Halloween, okay? So, yeah, so, and now we're not overly familiar with that. Uh, the word is agiadzo, which comes from a word which is translated holy. And so to hallow is to treat something, someone, as sacred or holy, to, to reverence, to set apart. Now, in Exodus chapter 3, Moses was out tending to his sheep. He was watching his sheep, and all of a sudden he saw over there a bush that was on fire, and it was burning, and it wasn't burning up. And so Moses saw that and thought, hmm, not normal. And so he walks toward the bush, okay? And what does the bush say to Moses? What's it say? Take off your sandals. Take off your sandals. Why did the bush tell him to take off his sandals? Why? That's right. Take off your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And then after Moses took his sandals off, 
God introduced himself, his name, and he says, I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The ground was holy because a holy God was standing on it. Now, let me mention one more thing that's important about talking, when we talk about a name in the Bible, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier, but when we talk about a name in the Bible, in, in ancient times, a name was, was more than just something you put on your name tag. It was more than just like a designation. In ancient times, a, a name was an expression of the very nature and the very character of the person. Okay? It's more than what we do in our day. But we understand it. Because like when we come to church and we say things like, worship his name, we understand what that means. To worship his name does not mean that we're going to worship the name with the letters G-O-D. Or worship the name L-O-R-D or J-E-S-U-S. Doesn't we know it's more than that? It means to worship him in all that he is. God's name is God himself as he has revealed himself. And then there's a name attached to that. All right, now let's go back to the burning bush and Moses. So God, out of the burning bush, tells Moses, he says, you're going to go to Egypt and you need to rescue my people out of slavery. You need to do that. And Moses goes, okay, but if I do that, if they ask the name of the person who told you to do that, what am I supposed to say? And what did God say? What was the answer? I am. All right. Tell them. I am. I am that I am. Now, scholars, they struggle with that, with that, with that word and that expression. And they don't, it, it's hard to know exactly how to understand it. It has multiple nuances to it. But, I, for, but whatever, I think the name I am is the ultimate expression of hallowedness. It's that name, I am that sets God apart from everything else and everyone else. He is, I am. That's it. Now, let me explain that with a Coke commercial. Can I do that? Explain the name of God with a Coke commercial? Do you remember a number of years ago, Remember the Pepsi challenge? Okay, if you're younger, maybe you don't remember this. But a number of years ago, they had the Pepsi challenge. And the Pepsi challenge was like this blind test in, in which you're, you're supposed to drink this one and drink this one. And, and people, Pepsi winner didn't know, people really do like Pepsi better than Coke. You know, here, they drink this. And they did, so they did all this kind of stuff. Just, now, try this, try this. Mm, I like that one. Oh, that's Pepsi, huh? So, so they did that. That was this, this big advertising campaign. And after all of the commercials and all of the comparisons and all of the testing, 
Coke comes back with its own commercial. I'm a marketing guy, so I love this. After all of that, Coke comes back with their own commercial. And they go, Coke is it. Who are you comparing yourself to? Who, Pepsi, who are you comparing yourself to? Everybody wants to be like Coke. Everybody is comparing themselves to Coke. Coke is the standard. Coke is superior. Coke is it. I am. I am. The ultimate name of the hallowedness of a name. I am set apart from everything else. Now, one more thing further about how to understand this concept of, of to hallow. To hallow. Is if we try to think about the opposite of the word to hallow. What is the opposite of to hallow? Well, in the Old Testament, that would be to profane. If you don't hallow, then you are profaning. Now, when we think of profanity, we often think of swearing, but profanity is is so much more than swearing. Profanity is to act like you are God. Profanity is to take God's name and to use it for the wrong purpose. Profanity is to take his name and to promote yourself and your name. And to come into the presence of God in prayer and to focus on me, that's profane. Mine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. To hallow me is to profane him. So Jesus said, don't pray like that. Okay? Got it? Don't pray like that. All right, let's figure out. uh, I left that up there. I didn't mean to. It's supposed to be a blank slide, so you didn't think about that. All right? But let's figure out. Okay, hallowed be thy name. Let's figure out how to apply that. All right? So, how are we supposed to pray then, based upon what we just looked at? All right? Four things to do. Number one. Here's the first one. Four things to do on how do we actually apply hallowed be your name. Number one, take your shoes off. Okay? Take your shoes off. So, you, you know what I mean when I say that, right? I mean, you don't, I'm using it as a metaphor. You don't really have to take your shoes off, but maybe it's not a bad idea, right? Before you jump into prayer with your list, pause. Start with God. I mean, that sounds so overly obvious, But I can't tell you how many times I have prayed without thinking about God. How crazy is that? When you pray, you are stepping on holy ground. So take your shoes off. Number two, bask in his name. Soak him in. Soak in the rays of his glory. Praying 
without God is pretty dull. And praying without God is pretty, it's pretty empty. Charles Spurgeon talks about pouring your soul out to yourself. Okay? Listen to this. This this is so good. Pouring out your soul within yourself does not come to much. And yet that may be about all your prayer amounts to. A personal moaning of weakness without a reception of strength. A consciousness of nothingness without plunging into all sufficiency. It'd be kind of like this. Um, So here's God standing over here, and he is the all-sufficient one. He is the almighty God, the one from whom all blessings flow, okay? And he's standing over here, and here you come walking by, and God, go, and God says, hey, you know, uh, come over here for a second. And you go, hey, love to, you know, nice to see you, love to, but I got to go pray. I got to go pray. I mean, I got prayer requests, and I got issues, and I got burdens, and you know, right? How crazy would that be? Walk right by God and go, on, and, and go pray. All right, point number two, bask in his name. Point number three, rework your prayer. Once you get a good gaze at God, his kingdom, his power, and his glory, after you stop there, take your shoes off, bask there before you rush in, you might need to adjust your prayer list. Hallowing his name as we begin our prayer It reorients our desires, it reprioritizes our needs, and it realigns our values to his. And the things of earth will what? Grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. The fourth thing to do, lay hold of, of the name that is above every name. Just think about this. The very one who gave us this prayer is also the one who enables us to pray it. He enables us to pray this prayer because, you know what he did? He took on our profanity. He took it on himself. When he died on the cross, he died to the need that we have to promote ourselves and to be self-centered. He was crucified, buried, rose from the dead. He gave us new life. He gave us a new desire to pray to our God. He gave us a new name. And the curtain that separated us from going into the presence of a holy God has now been torn in two so that a forgiven sinner can go right into the very presence of God and stand on holy ground without being consumed. 
lay hold of King Jesus who gave us this kingdom prayer and who loves to hear us pray. You know who that is? How many of you know who that is? A few of you, okay. Most of you don't know who that is. But just a little lonely boy. They're all alone. All by himself. Oh, that's not the whole picture, though, is it? There's the rest of the picture. John John Kennedy playing under the desk of the most powerful man in the world. The, the, the most important name of the world, the president of the United States. And there he is playing. There is no better way to hallow his name than to sit at his feet and to pray and to live with a simple childlike faith. Let's pray. Lord, we pause and we think about your great name. And here you are in this room attending to this exercise. A God who is so great that you know the heart of every person here. And you love us. And we love you. And now, Lord, hear us as we worship you with our voices. Amen.